0: Hi, and welcome to Edge Church Podcast. To get connected, visit our website, edgechurch.ca.za, or send us a WhatsApp on 76 32 Say hi, and we'll connect with you. Our sermons can be found on our YouTube channel. Today, we're in our series, It's Your Choice, The Truth About Decisions." Enjoy listening to the sermon today.
1: You notice that Jesus doesn't say that word goodbye. When He goes to be with His Father and he, he leaves His disciples, He doesn't say goodbye. When He's hanging upon that cross, He doesn't say the word goodbye. But instead, He says a word, tetelestai, which means it is finished. And you're like, but surely isn't that Goodbye. Isn't in that moment when he says this is finished and he took his last breath, that it is goodbye, it is final, death is the end. Surely, it is goodbye. But yet Jesus doesn't say goodbye. And my prayer that this Good Friday as we've been praying and as a team have been fasting and believing is that, is that today on this what is called a Good Friday that we wouldn't just go and, and remember and that's important but it wouldn't just be like let's read through accounts because this is what we do every year we go through this or we hear because it's a Good Friday and I'm so glad that you hear but I, my pray, is that today we wouldn't just celebrate Good Friday but that we were truly experience what this day meant for all of us, and why we don't have to say goodbye on this day. You see, the only good thing about Good Friday, it was for you and me. There was nothing good for Jesus on this day. It was only good for us. And in that context, when you can sit in that place and you realize that Good Friday is good for me, my praise that this would be a new revelation for you today. You see, because there were, there were significant moments that, that took place in this day. And, and the truth is, I don't want us just to go through the account, and, and we, we, we're hearing it from the perspective of Jesus. I want you to imagine that you're walking with Jesus in this very moment, you see, the four significant things that happened on this day and why we call it Good Friday, even though it was a horrific Friday, I'm going to show you. It was because the first thing is that Jesus encountered a trial. In the Garden of Gethsemane, He's there praying and He's crying out to His Father and in that very garden, He's betrayed by the hands of Judas. And they come and they take Him and they take Him to the, the high priest. And then in that moment, he, he goes through trials. He doesn't go through one, He goes through six three of them religious three of them by law and do you know that every single trial that he went through it was illegal what they were doing because it was being done in the night you weren't allowed to do that and every time they tried to go through that they couldn't convict Jesus not on the religious nor by the law Scripture says that the chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking. The Sanhedrin was the court. They were looking for the false evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death. And verse 6, it says, but they did not find. I want you to hear this. The significance of the trial of Jesus was that Jesus allowed himself to go through that trial to be accused so that you and I could be free. Six trials. Six trials. He said nothing, so that you and I could be free. And then he endured the crucifixion. This was a horrific moment. I speak for myself, but I think for many, when I read through it, I don't know if I necessarily take into that moment of what it must have been like. They speak about how they brought him and they beat him. They mocked him. They whipped him so badly that the very skin and muscle on his body was taken off. It was a horrific moment that took place. But you know, the crucifixion wasn't just about an execution. It was actually marked with so that they could humiliate someone. And in that moment, Jesus was humiliated. I love how Isaiah the prophet, 800 years before this moment even happens, he speaks of and he has his vision and he says, and he tells us how he saw it, but he doesn't just tell us how, he tells us why it happened. He says, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. Have you ever thought about it like this? The crucifixion qualified Jesus. You say, why do I say that? You see, because of the crucifixion, Jesus fully identifies what it is to have physical pain, to have emotional pain, to feel that loneliness. He fully knows what it feels like to be in a place where you think everything is just pain in my life. And because of the cross, it qualified Him to be able to know exactly what we are feeling in this day and time. You when you find yourself in a place of brokenness, confusion, he says, I get it, my child. I've been there. The significance of the crucifixion or what took place was that he was crucified because he knew that we needed healing. He knew that he would be crucified because we needed a savior. We were people that were broken. And he says, that, I'm doing this so I know what it's like. But the third moment that happened on this day after the crucifixion is that he then experienced death. For it was on the ninth hour, they said about three o'clock, Jesus took his last breath. He breathed out. And he said, it's done. Into your hands I commit my spirit, O God. You know, death is the last, it's a final blow of pain. Ever been with someone in those last moments? You identify well with this. You'll know that it is in that moment that it is the final blow of the pain and the suffering that they experience. Death is final. After that moment, there's, there's no coming back. Some people say that the cross killed Jesus. No, it didn't. Because Jesus said these very words, no one can take my life from me because I sacrifice it voluntarily. You see, the reason why Jesus went and experienced death is so that the full payment was rendered. And can I tell you, it was for us, the full payment. And he said, Why would Jesus do something like this? Why would he go through a moment like this? He says in Romans 5: For God showed his great love by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Yeah. The significance of this death of Jesus means that we will never forget how much he loves you and I. And then the fourth thing that happened on that significant day was that he entered a tomb was done. He entered the tomb to show that the job is done. It's finished. It's complete. Oh, he laid there that Friday and that Saturday, but a lot happened in those three days he was in his tomb. A lot took place when he was in that place of darkness and that's why we can say death has been swallowed up by victory. Where, oh death, is your victory? Where, oh death, is your sting? Because we know on the third day He rose. But the significance of the tomb reminds us where you see that there is no life, that it is done, there is still hope. Church, hear me today. There is your life, your marriage, where you find yourself, your health, your finances, you say there is no hope in this area. I want you to hear Jesus didn't stay in the tomb. He left the tomb. That means that you don't have to stay where you are. Your marriage doesn't still have to be there. There is hope because of what Jesus did for us. See, the significance of that tomb reminds us there is hope. And I take us back to the beginning. And why I said Jesus didn't say the word goodbye. He said, Tetelestai. As Jesus cried out, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. It's that phrase, it is finished, that there's deep significance in it. The Greek word says tetelestai. And you know that there was significant meaning when they would use that word. It wasn't just said anyway. And we, we recall that it's it said five times that brings truth to us today. And why he said it is finished instead of saying goodbye. You see, when a servant would, would finish something with his master, he would come to his master and he would say, tetelestai, I'm done with the work. When a judge was proceeding over a case and they finally had the evidence and, and he comes to a conclusion, he would say, lestai, justice is served. When an accountant goes, this is what we need to pay. We pay this debt and they balance the book. The accountant would say, lestai, all the debt has been paid. It is finished. When an artist would be painting a masterpiece and eventually step back and he looks at his piece and he, and he admires what has happened, he says, Tetelestai, the artwork, the masterpiece is done. When a priest would, would, they would come for an offering and they would do a sacrifice, a burnt offering, at the end the priest would look and he would say, Tetelestai, the offering has been consumed. You know, on that day that Jesus hung upon the cross, he said all five of those statements. In that very moment, Jesus cried out and he says, the job is done, the justice is served. In that moment, he cried out, he says, the debt has been paid, the artwork is complete. And his last thing he cried out, he said, the offering has been given. You say to me, but Dan, why do we not still say goodbye? Because of what he said. And you know, the things that we can say goodbye into our life because of the cross is that guilt and shame that we are still carrying. That, that secret, that feeling of no one will ever fully understand. You can't say goodbye to that because of what Jesus did for you. That moment of saying, I'm so lonely that there's no one who can love me. I never thought my marriage would end like this. You can say goodbye to that because Jesus says, I will still be with you. The reason we don't have to say goodbye on this day because the cross accomplished three things that I want to leave with us today. The cross accomplished number one and this reason we don't have to say goodbye was because the curtain was ripped for us. We read this account and and it, it is after Jesus had died that we read what happened in this moment. And I want you to hear this happened for you and me. I said in the beginning, the only good about Good Friday was for us. Mark says these words. And then Jesus uttered another loud cry and he breathed his last. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom we didn't have to say goodbye because that curtain was torn. And that curtain was a beautiful, it was an art piece. I'm not talking about your curtain in your lounge right now. Yes, it might be beautiful, but it wasn't like this, and I explained why. That curtain was so tall, they said it was 18 meters high. To give you context, that's the height of an electrical pylon. The curtain was 10 centimeters thick. That curtain was beautiful uh, of purple and velvet and gold. And the, the, the representation of that curtain and the purpose of that curtain was so that it was to separate the common people to the awesome holy presence of the Ark of the Covenant was there. It was a separation to say, and it was only once a year that a priest would be able to go in, and they had to do a whole bunch of stuff to be able to prepare for that moment where they could go into the holy, most holy places. And this is what it's represented, that curtain. That a whole generation, a whole group of people were not allowed to enter into that most of places. That, that your life, your sin, you are disqualified from coming into this place. In actual sense, you're an outcast to coming into this moment. I think for some of us, we identify with that. That we carry an outcast mentality, meaning That feeling of I'm not good enough. I messed up so many times. There's that sense of like, I don't qualify to to come into this place. Dan, if you just knew what my life was really like, not what I pretend to show everyone. There's no ways that I can come into this place. But can I tell you, we don't have to say goodbye to our hope, our savior, because when that curtain was torn, he said, I paid for closeness with you that his desire is to be close with you regardless of your sin and shame he says come with that to me you don't have to try and get everything in order before you can come to me he invites that for you and maybe that curtain in your life is disappointment i never thought my life would be like this you're asking those questions god why why did it end like this? God, why was my wife taken to illness? God, why am I in a situation and disappointment of the why is the curtain that separates you from being close with Jesus? Or maybe it's a thing of fear and anxiety that is controlling your life. Can I tell you, 1,400 years, that curtain hung, but in one moment when Jesus said, Tetelestai, it was torn so that we could come into the most holy and Hebrew puts it in such a beautiful way. And he says, through the curtain we can come boldly into the presence of God. What I want you to hear today is the cross turns outcasts into family. All of us were once an outcast until we met Jesus, and now you belong to my family. But then the second thing that happens in that moment, we read that account where a Roman officer in, in Mark 15, verse 39, the Roman officer who stood facing him, speaking about Jesus, And he saw how he died. He said, this man truly was the son of God. See, the second thing, why we don't have to say goodbye on this Good Friday is because the cross renders a conversion. What do I mean by that? This Roman officer that we just read about, this Roman officer was the very one who killed Jesus. Can you imagine having that as a title? This moment is that this Roman officer is standing there looking at Jesus with blood still on his hand, with the spear still in his hand. The one they say, they record is the one that broke Jesus' heart. He's standing there and he has this moment where he has this realization that this truly was the Son of God. And in that moment, his life is changed and he actually goes by a name. Longinus was his name. And they recall how he goes on to not only just have that encounter where he's changed because the cross renders a conversion means that there's a change that happens on the inside. Because in that moment, the officer realized that something was different and there was a change inside of him because he goes on. And scripture, we read, the scholars write how he goes and he starts to speak about Jesus and he speaks about what happened to others. And in actual fact, he dies as a martyr. The one who murdered Jesus now becomes an evangelist. Can I tell you, the cross renders a, a conversion. The cross does something. And you say to me, well, this will never change. My marriage will never change. My life will never change. The way I feel will never change. Hear me, the cross means that we can be different. It doesn't mean that everything just disappears and life is just glorious and peachy. But it means that through even the difficulties, he says, I'll give you grace to face this moment. The cross paid for our conversion. It meant that the old self is gone to Corinthians. The old life is gone and a new life has began. And that's why next week we celebrate celebrating baptism. Because that's the exact example what takes place. Can I tell you, we already have 23 that are signed up that are going to be baptized. And I'm calling. I am calling. There are more that need to take that step. And you're like, Yo, but Dan, 23, that's a lot. Maybe I can just go to the next one. Why wait? If we need to do extra services, we will do that to do baptism. Hear me. The cross demands a response and it's a conversion that happens from the inside out. The cross turns, because of that conversion, the cross turns outlaws into disciples. Takes outlaws and goes, come, you're one of my disciples now. It took that Roman officer and he says, now you will be a disciple. And I end with this last one. The third reason why we don't have to say goodbye was because a seat was reserved for you at his table. The reason we don't have to say goodbye because there's an invitation that is extended to you to come to his table. Because on Last night, the night before he went to the cross, Jesus gathered his 12 disciples. And this was called the Passover at this time. And he gathers the 12, he invites them, he calls them to say to come for a dinner. It's like you get a message. Would you like to come for supper? There was an invitation that was given to this group of men. And no, can I tell you that these guys were not, didn't have it all together? Yes, they were incredible guys. they still carry their normal humanity with them of the one that would doubt of the one who would go and deny Jesus eventually after seeing all the miracles to the one who very portrayed Jesus in that moment he was still invited to come take a seat at the table so you say to me there's no space for me it's incorrect because of the cross he says I've reserved a seat for you to come to the table he said, but why would Jesus do that? Why would he invite someone like me? I'm, I feel like a beggar. I can't come sit at this table with this, this God who is so perfect. How? Why? It's because John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Why did he do that? So that none of us will perish, but that we would have eternal life. The cross means that we don't have to say goodbye because there's a seat for us and that seat of the table is eternity. It is salvation in Him. Jesus did this. God, our Father said, I will send my son so that no one will have to spend eternity without me that they would have hope, that you would have hope to face your future today. He says, because I'm with you now and I'll be with you when you close your eyes and you take your last breath and it is finished. He says, there you will open up your eyes and you'll be with me. And that's why he sent his son. That's why there's a seat reserved for you at the table. It's the gift of salvation that he gives every one of us. And in this moment, he offers that gift of salvation to us. And can I say this? The only thing that separates us to being close to God is ourselves. He did it all. He laid out everything. And his desire is that you would accept this invitation because you would never force it. He said, here's the invitation. Will you respond? And that's what I'm calling for us to do on this Good Friday. The reason we don't have to say goodbye is because he said there's an invitation for you to come to me. Come on, now, don't you close your eyes with me. And I want you to hear this the only thing that the cross killed on Good Friday was the old me. And I'm gonna say it again. The only thing that the cross killed on Good Friday was my old self. The cross is an invitation today for you to come to Him. And it's like an invitation that goes out and it it requires an RSVP. It requires for you to do something to respond. And so I'm calling us to respond to this invitation that has been placed in front of you today. And it's a beautiful invitation, it's a gentle invitation. You see, at the foot of the cross, it's level ground. At the foot of the cross, it's level, meaning that, that regardless of whether you're a politician, you're a celebrity, whether you're a domestic worker, whether you have no work, whether you're a child, whether you're a rapist, whether you don't know, they're at the foot of the cross, we are all equal. Meaning that there's a space for everyone. And today I want to pray for those. Who have never made that decision, or today you identify that you have lost something inside. But that this Good Friday you experience in Jesus that today you have an opportunity to respond. And right now, if you're saying, "I feel it," and I know the Holy Spirit is working, saying, so "I want to respond right now," you can. So I want to take a moment to pray. And, I, and if that's you saying, Dan, I want to respond to this message of salvation," I want you to say this pray quietly. I'm not going to make you do anything embarrassing. Say this prayer with me right now if that's you. You can feel it in your heart. Don't deny it. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, today, I know you have a place for me next to you. And so today, I've heard the invitation. And I'm RSVPing to you. I'm saying yes to that invitation. Thank you for going to the cross for me, even though I should have been in that place because you did nothing wrong. Today, I receive you and make you the lord of my life and i want to encourage you in your own words tell jesus right now tell him lord i accept you say it in your own words jesus on this good friday acknowledge that i am so lost i need you tell him that father for each person that made that prayer I pray you would do the deep work. And so in this moment, as the pastor of this house, I want to know who I'm praying for because I want to pray a blessing over you. If you prayed that prayer today with all eyes closed, as a private moment. I want you just to lift your hand. Take it as a step of faith and say, I prayed that prayer. Across the sort of room, lift your hand. If you prayed that prayer, amen, amen. Right across, there's many hands going up. Do not be ashamed of what he's done for you. If there's any day that we can have a greater response, it's today on this Good Friday. If that's you, you pray that prayer, lift your hand. One more time, amen. We can put it down. Pray that prayer. Father, I thank you for each hand, the many hands that are lifted. I thank you for our first service, the amount of hands that went up. God, I thank you that you've called people for this time. There's no mistake that they here. even if they felt like they were dragged, even if they don't know why they here, God, they here for a reason. And I pray you would do the deep work in their life. And you can look up at me. If you prayed that prayer, I have a gift that I wanna give you. I, I really, if there's one thing I can ask of you today is that you don't leave this place without taking one of these. It's for free. And there's an awesome gift inside for you as well. You can get it off to the, in the as you leave on the right hand side, you can grab a gift, but also in the front, you can come and pray and to take that gift with us today. So how do we respond? All of us. Some of us responded to that something, but how do we all respond to what Jesus did? Because can I tell you, Easter's not just for those who don't know Jesus. Easter's for us across the world. All believers are coming together to remember this day. We are part of the big capital C church. It's by coming to the table. You see, I shared that last point how huh? there was a space reserved for us at the table because it was on that night that Jesus did something very significant. He sat. He invited his disciples. He says, "Come sit with me. We can have a meal." And I love how, how it's put in. It's recorded in, in many of the Gospels. And I love how Luke records this. He says, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles, take note, they reclined at the table. Now, let me say this if you are okay to recline at someone's table, that means that there's a warm welcome for you. You know, when you sit stock and stay at a table, it's like, this is serious. And Jesus says, they reclined. And I'm inviting you to recline at the table today. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Understand they had no idea what was coming the next day. The next, the very after this, they had no idea when they went to the garden, what would take place besides Judas. And then he took the bread. He gave thanks he broke it and he gave it to them. He says, remember, this is my body given to you. All of you would have received one of these emblem cups. I'm asking that we take it out now. If you have not received it, you'll see our host, Sima standing. Just lift your hands so we know we can give you one. If you didn't get one as you came in, you'll see these hands going up. As we take communion today, on the top there's a wafer and I would to encourage all of us to open it. You'll see that there's a, a see-through sleeve that you just tear it back and you take the wafer and just to hold it in your hands. We're gonna take it together when, when I instruct us. Just take your wafer out and hold it right now. You see, when he, when he took this and he took the bread He was saying that this is my body. I want you to take of it to remember, church, when we take of this, a communion. The most beautiful thing is that we're saying, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. And all of us, when we have that moment of salvation, there's a space that he says, come, take of my body and remember me. And so as we take today, it's declaring, and I'm calling all of us as we take to remember Jesus' body and take it and take and say I'm taking Jesus so right now let's eat and thank him for his body and then I want you to open up the juice the silver part of the emblem if you need help ask someone next to you you like need a degree sometimes with these things But what did this represent? It was a representation of Jesus' blood. It was, he, in verse 20, he said, In the same way, he said, This cup is a new covenant, and the new covenant is in my blood, which is poured out for you. It's the power of Jesus that he pours out for you. And so, right now, as we drink, it's a symbol of his covenant, the new life that he gives to you. So, drink and give thanks as we drink. So, let's drink together. And in a moment, they're going to pass around so you can put your emblems in there. But church, how do we respond to this? I don't know about you, but there's nothing that I have that is a more appropriate response to what Jesus has done for my life. If I think of myself and that a gracious God still chooses to love me, my response is to worship. But we're not worshiping anyone. See, worship is an act of honoring. And we're honoring a king in this very moment. So as we take time at coming out of breaking our bread, I want to encourage you to respond in worship. Do business with Him and let's thank Him today.
2: king of love had given up his life the darkest day in history
1: our hearts are lifted to you. It's in this place of remembering of what you have done for us, that it's not just a celebration, it's experiencing what you did at Calvary for me, for us. And it's out of that place that we can declare those words, all hail our risen King. Yes, we know it was a bad day on Friday, but we know that our Savior rose on Sunday. We
0: trust that you enjoyed listening to the sermon today. We would love to stay in touch with you about your next steps. Please send us a WhatsApp or contact us via our website. We would love to help you on your discipleship journey.